Hey there, future fans. This week, anything you can do, I can do older, our lambs are silent, and we all float again. It's the week of September 6th, 2019, and this is episode 149 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right it is episode 149 which means next week is episode 150 when we officially start the road to 100 and uh, please don't worry i won't say that every episode for the next 50 50 episodes i'll start bringing it up again more probably around episode 185 but yes, 150 episodes, not counting the, the one-shots I did for a while. I think all in all, I did about 13, 14 of the one-shots. So technically, we're at episode 164 or something. But just to make it easier, let's just keep it 149, shall we? Once again, please excuse the background noise. If you hear something, it's just the fan. It is another warm night here in sunny California. Well, not sunny now. It's it's moony. It's dark. Well, let me tell you what this show is and what it is I do here on this show. You listen to me talk about movies while I drink. Yay, this is so fun, but don't worry. This isn't the movie version of Drunk History. No, 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 no. The drinking is just for me. It is for me to loosen my lips. You're listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, and on this show, I do quite a few things. The show always starts with the news that is any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. Then we go on to the trailer trove, which is any new trailers have caught my eye since the last episode. And then after that, we go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories. First being the limited releases, next being the wide releases in interesting indies. In both of these segments, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, but for the limited releases, it stops there. For the wide releases and interesting indies, it goes on, and I give you my thoughts on the movie, and then I wrap it all up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. And that can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible, terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that take it up that extra notch and then we wrap it all up with a question of the week and then i send you along your way to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network which includes somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle during the show you'll also hear ads for well of course those two shows and then two other shows which are good good friends of this show but ladies and gentlemen that is it for the intro let us jump into the first segment which as always is the news this just in from Hollywood, the news. In news that could have been sad and eerily reminiscent of Paul Walker, Kevin Hart suffers major back injury in Malibu in a car crash. A car he was a passenger in spun out and rolled down an embankment. Let me see. Yes, rolled down an embankment at 12.45 a.m. on Sunday. Kevin Hart and the driver, a 28-year-old Jared Black, suffered major back injuries and were taken to the hospital. Another passenger, 31-year-old Rebecca Brocksterman, only complained of pain. 
Highway Patrol says that the car went out of control as it turned from a canyon road onto the highway. The report said the driver was not under the influence of alcohol. Well, hopefully he will recover quickly and he will get the best of care and we will see him back in movies soon and he will be pain free. That is what I hope. This next story comes to us from Forbes. Weird. It's still weird getting movie news from so many different sources because I've said before, I use this app called Flipboard and it just grabs news articles from all kinds of different sources, not just, you know, political stories from CNN, Fox, MSNBC, movie stories from entertainment, extras, things like that. It's just, it's just anything. But anyway, if you remember last episode, there weren't a lot of new movies. There was not a lot of offerings for movies last week. So it turns out that the holdovers that were that was movies that came out before last weekend held strong over this weekend. And seeing as this week is going to bring a pretty big movie, it will probably be the last week these movies get to hold the box office. Angel Has Fallen starring Gerard Butler topped the weekend for a second week in a row with 11.8 million. Uh, 11.8 million as of Friday through Sunday. This does not include actual Labor Day numbers because I'm actually filming this on Labor Day or recording this. And so I'm really surprised if you remember that Angel Has Fallen was not my pick just because I knew it was only made for a certain type of people. Uh, that certain type of people was those who saw Olympus and London have fallen. I didn't know that there were that many people interested in this. Also, I guess that this is just a, a action like series so it's not as important that you see the first two or maybe that since the other two have been out for a while a lot of people either already saw them or watched them just to watch this in theaters either way this movie is getting a lot more love than i thought it would in news from uprox charlize theron has ditched the dreads and has a very different bowl cut for fast and furious 9 that's not really news. I just thought it was funny how many news outlets had a story on this. The real reason it jumped out to me is because one, uh, more than one of these news sources, not Uprox, I, I don't think they mentioned it, uh, but a, more than one of these news sources called her dreadlocks questionable. I'm like, really? When I hear things like that, people going, oh, this is a, a white person having dreads is cultural appropriation. That is the whitest, most elitist sh** I have ever heard. I, I just hate that. You know, I am all for all the different rights let let's let's have all the different rights out there lgbtq plus whatever rights uh women's rights uh let's have the gun laws changed so it doesn't target black people let's let's have all this stuff changed what loses me is talk like this because most of the time when you hear people crying about some sort of cultural appropriation it's not actually the people who should be offended it's just a bunch of white people somewhere crying or any news outlets if, like if this had become a big deal i bet you each and every news outlet would actually find a millennial black person who was really angry about this and was going to talk about it they're going oh i represent all black people no no you don't one of the foremost mexican chefs in america is a guy named richard bayless and i grew up in a highly mexican area you know what most of them think they don't give a flying sh because guess what? They prefer their mother's cooking anyway. I've been to sushi restaurants with a bunch of white people behind the counter. I don't give a sh**. I'm not offended. We have to stop making super easily offended social justice warrior bullshit like this news. That is all. In a story from the LA Times, just before playing Judy Garland, Renee Zellweger had been torn about contacting Judy Garland's kids. That's Lorna Luft, I believe, and Liza Minnelli. Before the movie even started filming, Liza Minnelli had already come out and said she did not sanction anything about the movie and was against it. 
But Renee Zellweger still wanted to talk to her and her half-sister, I think, or full-sister, I don't know, to her sister as well and ask what do they want out of the movie? What do they want to see? What do they not want to see? And Renee Zellweger also didn't want her her portrayal of Judy Garland to come across as like a, a impressionist that you'd see see on a cruise ship, you know, or an opening act for a comedian or something. So after thinking about it for a while, she reached out to Liza Minnelli through a mutual friend who refused to talk to her and then reached out to Luft and Lorna Luft had just been diagnosed with brain cancer or a brain tumor, sorry, just as filming began. And Renee Zellweger said, well, that was time for her and her family, not for work and professional questions and a stranger to approach her about things that ultimately don't matter. That being said, early reviews of Renee Zellweger's performance are coming in, saying that we could be seeing a Renee Zellweger renaissance. The movie Judy, which comes out September 27th this year, is about Judy Garland after her heyday. In 1968, when she goes overseas to perform a series of sold-out concerts, this movie will deal with her substance abuse issues. And it stars Renee Zellweger, Jesse Buckley, Michael Gambon, and that looks like it's it for the big names. In very exciting, but probably not very realistic news, Dave Bautista has shown interest in playing a Batman villain. Which Batman villain? None other than Clayface. The internet, being the creature that it is, picked this up and ran with it, not as wholehearted as they did with Keanu Reeves being in the MCU, mind you. But a lot of people got excited with the thought of seeing Clayface on the big screen and also Dave Bautista playing him. And this I can get behind because I've said it actually just last week too. How when we see a Batman movie, a lot of times we see a lot of the same people. We've seen Joker more than once. We've seen the Riddler more than once. If you count the TV show, that is. Catwoman more than once. Bane more than once. Two-Face more than once. And I know a lot of these are Batman's biggest villains, but what about Clayface? What about Mad Hatter? So I do think it'd be really cool. And they can go either the Basil Carlo angle or the Matt Hagen angle. Basil Carlo being the um, the actor, disgruntled actor who gets in an accident, becomes Clayface. Matt Hagen, the, the um, treasure hunter type guy who finds this pool of weird liquid and falls into it and becomes Clayface. Either way, this would be cool, but let's see if anything ever happens. This next story comes to us from Cinema Blend. Even though we've been hearing a lot of good things about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, there has been backlash as well. People saying that what, which Joker is this? You're redoing the Joker again, all this bitching. And while I do see where the people who are bitching are coming from, I, I see why. This is the millionth iteration of the Joker we've seen. At the same time, the director, who is Todd Phillips, who brought us movies like Due Date and The Hangover and Starsky and Hutch and Road Trip. Okay, this is a really weird movie for him to do then. All right. Oh, he's also doing the Hulk Hogan biopic. The one with Chris Hemsworth playing Hulk Hogan. I think Chris Hemsworth is way too handsome to play Hulk Hogan. Also, I'm wondering in this in this movie, will they show Hulk Hogan to be the creepy old man he is right now? But anyway, director Todd Phillips says, don't worry, it'll get reinvented again, which of course it will. As long as Batman movies grace the silver screen, it doesn't matter how long or short the pause between, between them is, as long as we have Batman movies, we will have a reinvented Joker because we're going to have someone else cast as the clown prince of crime who does not want to... St- just straight up copy what came before him or maybe one day her 
or them. Hey, it's the future. But as of right now, our, vi- our current vision of the Joker is what Joaquin Phoenix is going to offer us. Next up in the news from the Atlantic, big movie chains like Regal, Cinelux, and Cinemax or C- Cinemark theaters are not going to be playing Martin Scorsese's new movie, The Irishman. Why is that? Because the some of these bigger chains have a clause where they have a requirement of three months of exclusivity before the movie can go anywhere else. Netflix, however, only wants this movie in theaters for one to three weeks. So will you still be able to watch The Irishman in theaters if you want to? Yes, but you won't be able to go to one of your big local chains to see it. The Irishman comes out November 27th, 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, this next story in part comes to us from Metro.co.uk. If you've seen any stories about a multi-million pound Aston Martin destroyed on the set of Bond 25, and by pound, of course, I mean money, not weight, don't misunderstand. As far as I can tell from all the articles I read, unless new ones have come out since I bookmarked these, it's all superficial damage, nothing that can't be undone, mainly just dents and scratches. I've been seeing pictures with headlines like Bond's iconic Aston Martin totally ruined during during filming. And no, no, it wasn't. Not really. The forthcoming Mortal Kombat movie has cast Scorpion, played by actor Chin Han, and Hiroyuki Sanada from movies like The Last Samurai, Rush Hour 3, The Wolverine, uh, Avengers Endgame, Sunshine, you know, movies like that. He will be playing Shang Tsung. So, hey, I'm liking this cast so far. Bring me the Mortal Kombats. I want to see the Mortal Kombats. And unless something big comes out between now and when I release the episode, that is it for the news. So let us step into our first break as we hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Please stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, we are back with the trailers. So let us step into everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. Alright everyone, this first movie comes to us from director Tom Harper, who's done movies like Wild Rose, Peaky Blinders, or the show Peaky Blinders, and the 2016 miniseries War and Peace. This film is called The Aeronauts, and it stars Felicity Jones, Eddie Redmayne, Hamish Patel, and Reed, and that's about it. If you do see the trailer for this, this movie is loosely, very, very, very loosely inspired by true events. So first, let me tell you what the movie's about. This is about a pilot named Amelia Wren, a woman who loves flying balloons, but she doesn't get a lot of work because, well, darn it, she's a woman, and women are only good for cooking and producing babies, right? Well, fooey to that because she gets hired by a scientist named James Glacier, Glacier, 
Glacier, I believe, played by Eddie Redmayne, who, along with his partner in science, John Threw, develops an idea for predicting the weather like witches do. So Amelia and James jump in the balloon and go up, up high, higher than ever before. And that's when all the problems start because they're just in some balloon. No one's done it before and they're pioneers. Well, what part about this is true and what isn't? So this is based on two different things. This is based on a very famous flight from 1862 with James Glacier and Henry Coxwell. James Glacier is a really real person. Henry Coxwell in this movie was replaced by um, by Felicity Jones's character, Amelia. And before anyone says something, no, they did not simply just replace her with a woman to have a woman in the film. This character is based on an actual person, though this person wasn't involved in this flight at all. This is based on Sophie Blanchard, the first woman to work as a professional balloonist who became a celebrated aeronaut following her husband's death. Blanchard was used as inspiration for this character by Fel Felicity Jones, which is good because that's who it's based off of. So basically, they took this movie or this this idea about these two guys going up in a balloon, took one guy out and put a woman in based on a real person. So I'm glad that she's at least based on a real person because I would hate it if they simply took the guy out because they didn't want two men, they wanted a woman or someone. I don't care about like that, okay? Not when it's based on a true story. But the fact that they're actually basing it off someone real, I think that's a little bit more okay. Because honestly, what are the chances that James Gla Glacier and Henry Coxwell's flight and Sophie Blanchard are both going to get movies made about each other. To be honest, I don't think Sophie Blanchard would ever have a movie made about her because, well, she was just the first professional female balloonist. Like, what's the movie going to be about her just going on flights? Like, oh, there's another flight, done, and I'm a woman. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Movie ends. So I think this is a good way of getting some other history thrown into the mix. This movie looks really good. It's an Amazon Prime movie. It's going to hit theaters and Amazon Prime on December 6th this year. All right, folks, next up, we have a trailer for a Netflix original that's going to get limited theater time called The Two Popes. This is based on the real events that transpired between Pope Benedict and Pope Francis. This movie takes place during the reign of Pope Benedict before Pope Francis took over. This stars Anthony Hopkins as Pope Benedict and Jonathan Price as Pope Francis. And I think this looks really good. The The only thing I can note is that Anthony Hopkins doesn't have an accent in this, but I think it's going to be okay because he's Anthony Hopkins and can do whatever the he wants. And seeing Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price sharing the screen, this looks amazing. And if you think, if you think about it, Jonathan Price kind of looks like Pope Francis and Anthony Hopkins kind of looks like Pope Benedict. I think that's a fun coincidence, don't you? Well, this movie comes out December 20th. All right, folks, next up, we have another Netflix original movie, this one called The Laundromat. This is about a widow who investigates an insurance fraud, chasing leads to a pair of Panama City law partners exploiting the world's financial system. This comes to us from director Steven Soderbergh, and it's yet again another one based off true events and this time the movie stars Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Sharon Stone, Antonio Banderas, James Cromwell, David Schwimmer, Robert Patrick, Matthias Schoenarts, Will Forte, Jeffrey Wright, Chris Parnell, Melissa Rauch, 
And I think that's it for the big people. Yes, but that's a hell of a cast, and th this whole thing looks really good. You sold me at Meryl Streep, you got Gary Oldman, you sold me even more. You paired Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas as slightly funny, eccentric, over-the-top lawyers. I need to see this movie. This will hit select theaters and the interwebs on October 18th. Though in Netflix fashion, it may get a limited release in theaters, exclusively in theaters beforehand, then be released on demand. All right, everyone, our next trailer is for a movie that's coming out later this year, and I cannot wait. It's called Jojo Rabbit. It's written by, it's directed by, and it stars Taika Waititi as a young boy's imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. This takes place during World War II, about a, and it's about a young boy named Jojo who's part of Hitler's youth. He's unsure of himself and has an imaginary friend who just happens to be Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi doing whiteface. And qu quick note about this before I go on about the premise. If you listen to the show a lot, you would know that normally this would be something I wouldn't be okay with. If it's not okay to do blackface, it's not okay to do whiteface. But when it comes to whiteface, I really think it depends on how it's done. Because if you look at Key and Peele skits, if you look at Dave Chappelle skits, it's not always done as a, oh, look at me, I am, I am some white man. Here's my stereotypical white man stuff, and I'm an idiot. It's done for a joke, but the joke isn't the fact that they're white. And the only reason it's not okay for the opposite thing to happen is because of the awful history in our in Hollywood and in our culture of blackface, brownface, yellowface even if you look at uh, Mickey Rooney as as Mr. Yamanashi, still a great movie, but a horribly offensive character. And just brought up the point that there has been an instance of blackface in recent history that was done well and was generally accepted by people can you think of it because i i'm appalled that it did not occur to me especially seeing as how much i love that movie and if you can't think of it that movie is tropic thunder that is robert downey jr's character okay but enough about black yellow white chartreuse face whatever it is this movie looks super super good this new trailer showed us a few more scenes we now see the jewish girl because this is about a young man a young boy in hitler's army who finds out his mother's hiding a Jewish girl in their home. And God help me, is this another... Will, will I add to the list of roles that Scarlett Johansson has been in that I actually like? Because from the few scenes we see of her in this trailer, she looks really good. She looks like she's she has... Uh, oh, what's that thing called? Emotion. But let's go over the cast and the release date. The cast, we know Taika Waititi. The young man, Jojo, is Roman Griffin Davis in his first role. And it looks like he's doing a damn good job. We have Sam Rockwell, Scarlett Johansson, Rebel Wilson, Alfie Allen, and Stephen Merchant. And just asked if Rebel Wilson plays the Jewish girl. <laughs> That'd be awesome. He's crawling through the crawl space in the wall, and she's just sitting there, and she's like, oh, hello. Uh, but alas, no. Check out the trailer for this. I, I really don't think I can do it justice by describing this. Uh, this is off a... This is based on a book that is now on my to-be-read to be list by Christine Leonins, I think. And we'll see this film in theaters October 18th this year. Okay, everyone, next up, we have a film called Lucky Day, and I am excited because this looks hilarious. This has a 
basic premise, like the bare bones of it is very basic. We've seen it a million times before, but everything else they do in this makes us really stand out. This is about Red, a safecracker who has just been released from prison. He is trying to hold his family together as his past catches up to him. His past catches up to him in the form of Luke, a psychopathic contract killer who's seeking revenge for the death of his brother. His brother died during the job that Red got caught in. This stars Luke Bracey, Nina Dobrev, Crispin Glover playing Luke, and it looks like Crispin Glover is doing an amazing job, and Clay Bennett. This movie looks like it has the perfect mix of action and comedy, with a little heavier on the action. Uh, this looks entertaining, something definitely to keep an eye out for on streaming or Redbox, but nothing to really catch in the theaters. This has a limited release on October 11th. Alright everyone, we have to talk about the new trailer for Terminator Dark Fate, and you're going to hear some famous last words from me. I am excited. I am really excited. I think this new trailer, whoever made this trailer, looked at what Marvel does with their trailers and go, okay, we can do something like that. We can get people excited for this movie because Lord knows we have to because no one is going to believe in us otherwise. And though the Terminator movies have gone downhill since T2, a fantastic film, I, I did enjoy them all as, as just as action flicks. This one looks like it could be the true predecessor to T2, which, lucky for us, it is. Since this was written and produced by James Cameron and directed by Tim Miller, who did Deadpool, I think this whole movie looks great. We see more of Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger in this. And then we see the scene where she says, after this is all done, I'm going to kill you. And he says, I understand. So I'm wondering why? Is it because she knows it can't be the same Terminator from T2 because he melted himself? Or maybe it is a Terminator from Terminator 1 and it somehow survived? Or maybe he's not a Terminator, maybe he helped build them? I, I don't know. I just I, I am just really intrigued by that line because the last time Linda Hamilton saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, within the movie, they were they were allies. I mean, true, she never Linda Hamilton's character never really loved that Terminator, not like John Connor did, but they were at least working on the same side. But this movie looks really impressive. It looks really, really fun. And that's what I want all of you to remember. That's what I want you to take home from this. And this is what I'm going to repeat when I talk about this movie the week of November 1st, because that's when this comes out, is that just remember the fun. You don't go to see a movie like this. You don't go to see a big blockbuster because you expect a great quality movie. You go because you expect a fun, action-packed movie. The bonus we get sometimes, the bonus we get with some of these movies is that it really is good, like Terminator 2. When I first saw Terminator 2, I didn't expect to see a movie that would stick with me that long, that I would still love to this day. I just expected to see an action flick with Arnold in it. And I know I say this a lot, but this is still what I believe. I think more of us have to keep our expectations in place for these movies. If we go in there with the expectation of fun and pure enjoyment, I think we'll like more movies. Will they all be five-star movies, four-star movies? Will they all get an 11 out of 11 for me? No, they won't, but they'll be enjoyable, it'll be fun, and it'll be something that will make you smile. So once again, this comes out November 1st. Next up, folks, we have a just kind of a basic action drama movie uh, with, with some interesting people. And the reason I'm talking about this one isn't 
is a nod to Anne because as one of her favorite actresses in this, this movie is called Semper Fi and it stars Jai Courtney, Nat Wolf, Finn Wittrock, and Leighton Meester. And no, the fact that it's one of Anne's favorite actresses isn't the only reason I'm bringing this up is that this does look, it looks like a familiar movie. We have this guy, a former Marine now serving as a cop. His brother is thrown in prison for something that's not entirely clear to me from, from the trailer. I think he killed someone, but he's still getting the beat out of him in prison. And even with the brother speaking up for him, this, this Marine who served our country and is serving our country still as a police officer, even with him speaking up, he can't do anything about it. So he decides to break his brother out of prison. You know, the sane choice for this situation. Well, my future fans, that is it for the trailers. Let us take a break and hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, and we're back. We are back with the movies. It is time for the limited releases, and let's not wait around any longer. The first limited release is a film called Mr. Klein, Paris, 1942. Robert Klein cannot find any fault with the state of affairs in German-occupied France. He has a well-furnished flat, a mistress, and business is booming. Jews facing discrimination because of laws edicted by the French government are desperate to sell valuable works of art, and it's easy for him to get them at bargain prices because he is evil. Okay, the last part really wasn't in it. His cozy life is disrupted when he realizes that there is another Robert Klein in Paris, a Jew with a rather mysterious behavior. If this sounds familiar to anyone, uh, if any of you think you've seen this movie, movie before, it is not a remake. It is a re-release of a French film from 1976. So y'all have that to look out for. We have three documentaries next. And even though some of these documentaries looked interesting, they're about interesting ideas. It just didn't do enough to make me think that it would be interesting at all to watch just the topic seems good so we have the first one called the blink of an eye this is an inside look at 2001's daytona 500 featuring michael waltrip and dale earnhardt jr so apparently from the looks of this trailer just to give you an idea why a documentary is made about this apparently michael waltrip was a constant loser in uh in the racing world he lost hundreds and hundreds of races in a row but apparently Dale Earnhardt Jr. saw something in him and goes, hey, I want to form a new racing team. At least that's why I assume is, is happening. Because they do mention the death of Dale Earnhardt. So I'm not sure if Dale Earnhardt put this together or if Dale Earnhardt Jr. put this together. Either way, this movie's about a couple things. It's about the death of Dale Earnhardt. It's about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Something about him. Something involving him. And this other racer guy who somehow magically one of the Dales knew that, oh, he's actually really, really good. Y'all just don't know how to handle him. We will take him into our team, and guess what? We'll be awesome. If any of you are um, 
are big racing fans. I'm sorry if you're foaming at the mouth because I'm butchering what this is about so much. So yeah, that's coming out called Blink of an Eye. We have another one about racing called Rapid Response. In 1966, racing fan Stephen Olve got the opportunity of a lifetime when he volunteered at the Indianapolis 500 on their medical team back when the ambulance was a hearse and the focus was getting the dying or dead person off the track instead of saving their life. Now, years later, he, among others, have helped revolutionize safety in a sport where chances were one in seven that a driver wouldn't make it out alive. Their revolutionary discoveries have gone on to help not only race car drivers, but the average person too as they learned more about what happens during a car crash. So yeah, this this is another one that the topic is really interesting to me. I... I I find it fascinating. I don't watch race car driving. I, I don't. I don't watch any. Well, actually, I will watch stock car racing because we have a local track here, but only only once in a great while. Usually when my cousin comes by because he's a stock car racer and we'll go support him and then have a beer in the pit, which is actually my favorite part. But other than that, I don't I don't I, I just can't get into racing that much. But you know what? If you're into it, that's great. Maybe these two are for you. And our final documentary is called Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice, with one of the most memorably stunning voices that has ever graced the music world. Linda Ronstadt burst onto the folk rock scene in her early 20s in the 1960s. And this is a documentary about her. So if you like Linda Ronstadt, go check this out. And we actually have one final movie in the limited release section. Not a lot of movies coming out this week, actually. I think I forgot to say that. What's the total? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Only eight films. And the final one in the limited section is called... God, it's some... It's an Indian word. It has so many H's in it. Okay, so I'm going to pronounce this based on the theory that India's in Asia. So like some Asian languages, if you double a consonant, I'm just going to say there's a space in it that it it creates a vocal pause. So I'm going to say this is called Chichor. God, I'm probably so wrong. This is spelled C-H-H-I-C-H-H-O-R-E. And if we could ever play that in Scrabble, you f***ing win. This follows a group of friends from university as they progress into middle-aged life and go on their own separate ways. They learn that they have a bond forever when one of their sons has a life-threatening accident and the group comes together. This, like I said, is an Indian movie, and it almost made it into the wide releases and interesting indie section, but just, I, I couldn't. I, I went to put this in the wide release section, I just paused, and I couldn't. It, the trailer didn't sell me enough on this, but this is exactly the type of movie that I... I would not be surprised if like five, six years later, we see a movie coming out and it's in America and it's the same film just, you know, in America and less dancing. But seriously, this film didn't look bad. It just, eh. And what still gives me pause is that how many other countries other than America, like America is like the weird one in this, in this respect where a lot of other countries call it university. Here we have universities or you're going to a university, but there they just use the anywhere else, like in the UK, in a great majority of Europe, in any any place in Asia where they do speak English sometimes, that's how they say it. I am curious as to why there's that difference, but I don't nearly care enough to look that shit up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the limited release section. Let us jump into the next segment after a break. I almost skipped right over the break. We have a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Please stay tuned. 
There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that goddamn jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, everyone, we are back with the first movie in the wide releases and interesting indie section. There are only three movies in this, and one movie almost didn't make it. So this is a, I can see why it's a slow week and you'll see why at the end, if you don't already know, if you already know what the big movie is and you already know my pick, and then you can probably theorize what my reasoning is for why there aren't a lot of movies coming out this week. But let's start out this section with one called Night Hunter, a weathered lieutenant, his police force and a local vigilante are all caught up in a dangerous scheme involving a recently arrested troubled man who is linked to years of female abductions and murders. This stars Henry Cavill from Man of Steel, Ben Kingsley from Iron Man 3, Alexandra Daddario from True Detective, Stanley Tucci from The Devil Wears Prada, and Nathan Fillion from Firefly. I'll tell you what this movie is. This is a movie that I'm going to 100% skip, and maybe sometime mid-next week, I'm going to even forget it's a thing. I'm going to forget this movie exists. Maybe y'all will too, unless you really, really want to see this, unless you just have the biggest boner for Henry Cavill. Which, you know, I love me some Henry Cavill. I love Man of Steel. I think Henry Cavill is a fantastic Superman, but I don't love him enough. My boner for Henry Cavill is not enough to see this, even with this stacked cast. Ben Kingsley and Stanley Tucci in the same film? Are you kidding me? Let's throw in Alexander Daddario and Nathan f***ing Fillion, Captain f***ing Mal himself. You have this cast, and I'm still kind of eh about it. It says that something somewhere went wrong. And what could have gone wrong is, well, a million different things. Let's face it, it's Hollywood. But the easiest thing, and what I really hope is the one thing that went wrong, is the advertisement for this, is the fact that they didn't sell it well enough, is the fact that I hardly saw any trailers for this outside of YouTube. I don't see any hype for it at all. Last time I saw my parents, they they didn't go, oh, that guy who was in that show, Castle, is in a movie, and he was doing interview on Kelly and... Oh, what's Kelly Ripa's new co-host? Um, oh, that guy from American Idol, Ryan Seacrest, Kelly and Ryan. My parents are so cute in this respect. They're like, oh, did you know so-and-so is coming out with a movie? I'm like, well, you you know what my show is about, right? But bless them. They're, they're the cute old couple. You know when you're in a store and you see that adorable old couple just shuffling down the aisle? That's them. And if you tell my mom that, she'll go, oh, no. And because she <laughs> deep down inside knows it's true. But that's a little bit of a tangent, just a tad. So what could have gone wrong with this film is the fact that it wasn't sold well. Maybe the trailers just sucked. Maybe it just didn't get out there enough, but I'm not too pumped for it. Or maybe it's just so bland of an idea that even this stacked cast couldn't get me behind it. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you what kind of movie this is, is one that I'm going to forget about very quickly. And then one day, 
down the line somewhere, I will be in a Walmart digging through the $5 Blu-ray section like I love to do. I love that so much. If I had more money, I would pick up every new movie and I would have the biggest collection known to man. We all know this. Or I will be in a dollar store looking at the Blu-rays there because once in a while they have Blu-rays and I will see this and I will pick it up and I will watch it and I'll go, you know what? That was not bad. That was not a bad movie, but I'm glad I only paid $1. I'm glad I only paid $5 for it because it might be years until I rewatch it. If ever. For the most part, if I own a movie, I have basically made a contract with myself that I am at one point going to rewatch the film. There are a couple movies in my collection that I may never rewatch, and I haven't gotten rid of them for one reason or the other. Maybe it doesn't sell for much on eBay. Maybe I don't know anyone who might like it who hasn't seen it that also has a Blu-ray player. But for the most part, everything on my shelf I like enough to watch again. I would put Night Hunter on that list. I would put Night Hunter on one of those shelves, but it would be a while. It would collect a little dust before I picked it up again. I do not think this looks bad at all. I don't think this looks like a bad movie. This looks like a 100% acceptable movie, the type of movie you would watch and go, yeah, that sure was a film. And I watched it and it is in my head done. But it does also have the potential, though I don't think the odds of its potential being this good are that high. But I think it also has the potential to be a sleeper hit that no one's going to watch in theaters because of the awful advertising. And then it'll slowly make the rounds as someone sees it. They tell their friends, their friend sees it, they tell their friends, and it goes on and on like that. But chances are this is just going to be a mediocre flick that you won't be disappointed by, but you just won't really be struck by. Night Hunter gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, folks, next up and the final film that's not the pick of the week is called Edie. 83-year-old Edie believes that it is never too late. She packs her old camping bag and leaves her life behind to go on an adventure that she never had time for before, climbing the imposing Mount Sullivan in Scotland. This stars Sheila Hancock from The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, a truly uplifting film. No, I, I've not seen the film. I've read the book, but good God. Uh, this looks cute. This does. This this is a type of movie we've seen before, though we don't see a lot of it, just because you don't see a lot of movies with the main character being old people. At least not in this sense, because because, uh, oh, what was that movie with Morgan Freeman and OK, it's Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, Alan Arkin, and it was called Going in Style. And there's that other one called Just Getting Started with. Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones, and Renee Russo, and Joe Pantoliano. But I'm bringing these movies up because these movies, too, are about old people. But they don't... It doesn't give you the same feeling of old people in a movie that a movie like Edie does. That a movie like... Oh, that movie from a few weeks back. Um, Supervised. That one about the retirement home for, uh, for superheroes with Tom Berenger and Bo Bridges. Like, you watch the movie and you know you know these people are old and you're you're a little concernicus for them aren't you you're a little <laughs> concerned for their well-being because it does feel like a journey it feels like a big deal like oh this old woman wants to go climb a mountain that's a big deal these old superheroes want to fight a young foe that's a big deal but watching a movie like just getting started or uh what was it again going in style that too is about old people, but Morgan Freeman just doesn't look that frail. So then when a movie like Edie comes around, it stands out a little bit more because yes, she's old, 
but her age and what she can and can't do because of her age is more on display than it is with other movies with old about old people. Okay, maybe my examples weren't gr- that great because Morgan Freeman is not as old as this woman. Oh my God, he is. Morgan Freeman is one year younger than this character is. Well, you know what? Good for him. Anyway, my point was that this, we've seen movies like this before, but not always to this extent where it is someone that's a little more frail like this. And so it is a movie that is familiar, but not so familiar that you're just like, oh, I don't need to see this. Let's just skip this. No, no, no. The reason you would skip this is for something else entirely is just that it it looks okay. Just like the previous movie, just like Night Hunter, it looks okay. And to quote myself from a few episodes ago, so many movies that come out each year just look okay. Let's say, what's the average? What's the average discrepancy between the between the limited releases and the wide releases of interesting indies? It usually breaks down to about half, right? There's some weeks where I have way more of one side than the other, and other weeks where it evens out. But I think, all in all, it kind of evens out. So that means... A good portion of the movies that are released each year look okay. Doesn't look like they'd be terrible, but doesn't look like it's going to be that good either. And that's why I think I struggle so much with movies like Night Hunter and Edie. Just because if it's a great movie, I can get more passionate about it. I can really talk about why I love it. I can really talk about what drew me to it. And if it looks really bad, I can just talk it for days and I can just tell you why I hate it, but these movies that exist in this magical limbo in between the good and the bad, if you remember Log from Ren and Stimpy, it's better than bad, it's good. That's what these movies are, it's just okay. So I have these movies then that exist in this limboist middle ground that I'm just like, what What can I say about it that doesn't sound like I'm repeating the same words each and every time? And that's why I thank you all for coming back each week, because maybe I do repeat myself a lot. I know this. But hopefully I say enough interesting things that it keeps you coming back. And that's another reason I don't want to go back and ever listen to the old episodes, just because I don't want to be reminded of how many times I've told certain stories. There have been 149 episodes plus. So what did I say? About 163, 164 episodes total. I've probably repeated stories many, many times. So I am very thankful that each week there's generally something that I can talk about. Because if there wasn't, you might as well just listen to Ben Stein reading a phone book. So let's wrap up this talk about Edie. It it looks cute. It looks familiar. It looks like a reliable movie for something that's just good, but not great. Nothing that will wow you, but nothing that will really make you hate it either. Edie gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, folks, it is time for the pick of the week. And many of you may know what that pick of the week is. And that movie is called It Chapter 2. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. Returning from the first one and starring again as the young Losers Club are Finn Wolfhard, Jaden Martell, Wyatt Olaf, Jack Dylan Grazier, Sophia Lillis, Chosen Jacobs, Jeremy Ray Taylor. Oh, and that's it for the kids. Joining the cast are Jessica Chastain from Interstellar, James McAvoy from Split, Bill Hader from Trainwreck, 
Isaiah Mustafa from Shadowhunters, Jay Ryan from CW's Beauty and the Beast, James Ransom from Sinister, Andy Bean from Power, and returning as Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård. So as of recording this episode, I'm recording this on the 3rd. I did some of it on, on the 2nd, but most of this show is recorded on the 3rd. And as of the 3rd, we have some early reviews coming in, and good God, are they mixed. The first two reviews I clicked on, the first one said it was horrible. It was nothing but a shadow of the first movie. And the second review said it was a terrifying and great movie. I find that I'm really skeptical of early bad reviews because what better way to stand out get clicks get attention would there be than to all over a movie people are really looking forward to once more fan reviews come out once more reviews from real human beings come out then i i think we can safely look at the consensus and then take an idea of what kind of movie this is going to be is it going to be good or is it not going to be good and I know I just said that, but now I'm going to say this, and you all know how I feel about this. You all know that I don't think you should listen to anyone but yourself. You should trust yourself. Do you want to see a chapter one? Easy peasy question. Did you see part one? Did you like part one? No? Then don't see this. Did you see part one and liked part one? Yes? Then check this out. Unless the trailers really made you not want to watch it for some reason, I would still watch this. Did you not watch part one? Well, then watch part one and then go back to my earlier questions. That's it. That is all you need to know if you want to see this movie or not. I think it looks really good. I think it's going to up the creepiness, going to up the scariness. They are going to put a at least one scene that was considered too gruesome for the first movie. No, I think there are two scenes. Two scenes in it that were considered too gruesome for the first one that now they're like, oh yeah, f*** it, let's just put this in there. You know, I think this movie has even more reasons to see it than the first one did, because the first one looked good, and it was based off a very famous Stephen King work. Those were the two reasons to see that. Now we have those, we have those two reasons, and we have the fact that added to the cast are some really reliable, really good actors. Look at the main four, Jessica Chastain, Isaiah Mustafa, Bill Hader, James McAvoy. That is a cast that would get me to pay attention to a movie no matter what it was. Let's just add the fact that this is part two to a really successful, one of the most successful horror movies. Actually, no, isn't it the most successful horror movie of all time? I, I believe it was. So add on to that, we have this cast. We have the fact that it's the part two of the most successful horror movie of all time. We have the fact that it's the completion of one of Stephen King's most famous works. And we have Bill Skarsgård returning as the infamous, his infamous version of Pennywise. Because we had him coming into the first It, going up against Tim Curry's iconic character. Like Remember, the first It was a made-for-TV movie. It was two parts. And somehow, Tim Curry made it scary. So we had Bill Skarsgård doing his own thing, and he did a great job because he didn't try to one-up Tim Curry. He just did his own thing, and you could tell. You can tell that this is his own character now. Uh, for those of you who have read the book, there are a lot of questions now. Like, how much of Stephen King's lore will take place in this book? Because in the first, in this book, in this movie, because in the first movie, they almost 100% skipped over a lot of the lore. Not even a hint of the turtle, not even a hint of the tower. So now my question is, 
This movie is, oh God, how long is it again? Let's see. It is two hours, 49 minutes. It is almost three hours. So in this three hour movie, are they going to try to introduce this whole backstory or are they simply going to go into Pennywise, Pennywise's origins as in the origins of the clown and ignore the being that has been around since the dawn of time? Because I still think it could be a great movie and a very effective retelling of Stephen King's book if they do 100% skip that. I just don't want them to attempt to tell this story that took Stephen King over 1,000 pages to tell. Okay, I just went look, looked at my copy of the book, 1,138 pages. And so within those within those almost 1,200 pages, they he wove the story and the history of Pennywise and the creature that Pennywise came from he wove that all together so i hope they don't try to cram that into this film i hope they just let this film be its own thing maybe those scenes we see in the past of bill skarsgård dressed up like pennywise but old-timey and not yet an evil force maybe the evil force was made by from that guy because i don't think that part matters i think what matters is that we're telling this story about these this group of kids who fought this evil force that no one knew existed in their small town and then 27 years later came back to fight it again when it reawakens so even though this is my pick of the week you know what i'm going to say about this you know that i'm going to say that you should only see this if you saw the first one and liked it in fact i already said that and i fully admit that there may be no good movie for you to see this week if you don't like it if you don't like scary movies if you don't like stephen king's work but for the rest of us we have been waiting for this movie since we saw the first one and it is finally out and i cannot wait my pick of the week is it chapter two and it gets an 11 out of 11 well ladies and gentlemen that's it for the movies let us get into the question of the week but before we do that let us hear a word from our friends at we're doing fine with robbie and lisa Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because We're, we're Doing, doing Fine. fine. We're back, and you know what? No one answered the question of the week, which, you know, isn't that shocking? It happens. And here's what is shocking. Anne and I can't come up with answers ourselves. Like, if a lot of people had answered, then there, there is something I could say, but it, it felt forced to me. And you know what? Let's just remind you of the question, just in case you want to answer on some day down the road. And here's something a little embarrassing. So this whole time, Anne and I have been trying to think of an answer for a question that, that was actually slightly different from the question of the week. So the question of the week was, which movie did you like despite having an actor or actress that you hated in it? The question we were thinking of an answer for was, which movie did you actually like an actor and actress that you normally hated? So you can see technically different questions. Like, I don't like Johnny Depp anymore, so I could say Pirates of the Caribbean. I could say Scarlett Johansson in any of the Avengers movies. I can I can pick anything like that. But for the other question, the one that Anne and I were, were thinking the question was, the reason that's a little harder is because most actors or actresses I actually hate. I hate them for who they are. Like Johnny Depp, Lena Dunham, um, um, Emma Roberts. 
So you know what? Let's start fresh. Let us start fresh. Skip that question, though. If you do want to answer any one of those, either what the question really was or what we thought it was, if you want to answer any one of those, go ahead and do it. But here's the new question of the week. So next week is episode 150. Uh, I'm not going to make a big deal of it. And I'm sorry for my frequent listeners and frequent commenters. I'm a little too poor right now to do another giveaway. So I was thinking of just doing some, you know, interesting editorial or something. But for the question of the week, here we go. Future Flicks started on June 16th, 2016. From then to now, what has been your favorite movie that's been released? And I know this is going to take a little bit of research. You know, it's not that hard. Just Google movies from 2016, 2017, 2018. Just look over some quick lists. But I'm sorry, it is going to take a little more work than usual. But I believe in you. I believe at least one of you could do it. Evan, is it going to be you? If I harass you enough, it may be. But let me reiterate, re-say what the question of the week is. So, from June 16th, 2016 to now, what has been your favorite film released in that time? And if you want to be a little lazier about it, we'll, we'll count all of 2016. Okay, we'll count the whole year if you don't want to get too specific about it. But I'll give you a little bit of help. Two of the sites I use for, for my show notes are firstshowing.net and movieinsider.com. Both of those will have lists of all movies released during those years and when they were released. And I know it's a little more work than normal, but I do hope some of you would answer this. It would be nice to know out of all those movies released since the show started, what has your favorite been? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you again next week when it is time for episode 150. And so now I'm going to send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. So let us move on with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as any podcast app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. All the stars possible. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, which are also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Support the friends of the shows whose ads you've heard during this episode. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>